have to trust that. Trust that God knows what he's doing. In other words, that's what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> trust that God knows what he's talking about. Amen. Well, Father, we do thank and praise you. We praise you for the word. We praise you, we bless you, and we lift you up today. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We just give you a a great big hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. We just bless you, Lord. We love you and we exalt you. And, Lord, we thank you that you made this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. It's just good to be alive. Amen. It really is. Praise God. And I believe that as the days go by, it's going to get better and better and better. You know, as long as you keep God involved in your business, it gets better and better. Amen. So we thank you, Father, and we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Well, how many of you know God is a man of integrity? Amen. He has, amen, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's a a God of integrity. He's not a man that he should lie. The Bible tells us all these things about God. But do we believe him when we need something from him? We start doubting. Amen. And God, I believe he understands how we are because he made us. Amen. We are we're wonderfully and beautifully made. And this is the thing that God was showing me. We're made by divine design. And so he made us exactly how he wanted us to be. Amen. Give or take a few things. But (laughs) but for the most part, he made us how we are. And, you know, uh, we look at the worst part of one another but God looks at us and sees the best amen and that's what's so good about God he looks at us and he sees the best he doesn't look at us and see what needs to be fixed because he doesn't look at it as a problem because he knows that he can fix us whenever he needs to amen hallelujah so God made a covenant with Abraham as we all know and he kept that covenant Abraham didn't trust it in the beginning, but as time went on, like 25 years, but it's okay. It's okay. Something, what he was asking him to believe was very hard to do. Amen. You know, I'm going to have a baby at 90. And then he, he was a hundred when it came to pass. So it took him some years to understand that God is a God of covenant. And that his plans are the only plans that make sense. Amen. His plan, his purposes. He made him the father of many. That was the promise. I'm going to make you a father of many. And that was his, his, um, promise to Abraham. And so Abraham finally started walking around saying, I'm going to be the father of many. But in his heart, he was saying, how am I going to be the father of one? I'm 99. (laughs) You know, but. As time went on, see, this is the good thing about God. He doesn't leave you with something and then just, he doesn't, he helps you to believe. That's what I'm trying. He comes back and he gives you uh, encouragement along the way. And so this is what he did for Abraham. And pretty soon Abraham was going around telling people, hello, my name is Abraham. I'm going to be the father of many. 
<laughs> Hello, my name is Abraham. I'm going to be the father of many. So he had to switch um, his beliefs because what he was believing wasn't working. He was believing that God didn't know what he was talking about. That just wasn't working. Amen. So when he started to pick up uh, the promises of God and started to allow them to come out of his mouth, he started to see change. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we need to do is find a promise in that Bible. Amen. That applies to you is stand on it. Even when you don't see um, the evidence produced. See, this is how we speak things into existence. When we trust God for the promise, we just pick it up. We see it in the Bible. And if you feel like God is talking to you, say, hey, I can have that. If he did it for that little widow woman, he could do it for me. Amen. So when you start to pick up the promises and start to believe them and stand on them, then God starts to work in your life. He starts to work in your behalf. Now, in the natural, it looks like nothing. He can't do that. And it looks like it can't be done. But those are the, those are the things that God does, the things that's impossible with man. When it looks impossible in the natural, God always does it just to confound the wisdom of the people that think they know everything. You know? And, and let's face it, we're all shocked when God comes through. We say, wow! You know? God did that. It's, it's like when I'm just gonna use, uh, Josh as an uh, example, when Pastor Barb asked him what he really wanted, he said to be a coach. And God, and uh, Barb, God told Barb to tell everybody to turn around, stretch their hand toward Josh and call him Coach Josh. And I bet you it was two months. He was a coach. Because God loves him that much. And that's just what he wanted in his heart. So God will give you the desires of your heart. All you have to do is just put your faith there. And sometimes if it's too hard for you to believe, it's good to start talking about it. Because if you notice, she asked Josh, what is it that you really want to do? Abraham went around saying, I'm the father of many. Although he didn't understand it, he knew he was past 100. He had no faith in his body anymore. Amen. And Sarah was 90, his wife. and But he started to say it. Josh started to say it. Amen. We started to say it. And that's how things come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. So it looks impossible. In fact, the Bible says what's impossible with man is possible with God. And so don't ever look at how impossible it looks. Amen. Because God is, a. if he says it, he's going to do it. And what we try to do is help him along the way. He's supposed to help us along the way. Amen. But we want to help him get it done. We don't know the first thing about getting it done. All we have to do is really is believe it and start start to say it. Let it become familiar with us. Amen. And so we have to go back to the covenant, that covenant that God cut with Abraham. You know, God is, is if you're born again, you're in covenant with him because Abraham is your father. And so when all else fails, when you're hoping against hope, everything looks hopeless, just start looking at what God has done for Abraham and and 
remind God about his covenant with you. Look, God, I'm in covenant with you. Amen. And so you, and you're not a covenant breaker. You're the God of all possibilities. You're the God that never fails. And so I'm believing this. I am believing your word, God. I'm believing what you say. You have to remind God. God wants us to remind him. Amen. He doesn't get mad when you remind him of things. Let's go to, let's see. Let's go to Psalm 89. Let's get on our scripture that nails everything down. Psalm 89. Verse 34, 89, 34. And it says, my covenant, this is God speaking, my covenant I will not break. Are y'all here today? He will not. He's telling us, look, I won't break covenant. Amen. Nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. He's not going to even alter it. He's not going to try to change anything. He's going to deliver it to you exactly how he said it. Whatever he said, because that's the rhema word. See, a rhema word is a word spoken. God has spoken that word. And once it's out there in the atmosphere, it's working on what he designed it to work on. He can't pull it back if he wanted to. Because it's already been released in the atmosphere. That's why it's so important what we say. Amen. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And when you you um, say something, don't say it if it's not of God. You know? Say what God says. And this is what how I learn. Say what God says. If God didn't say it, don't say it. Amen. Don't cuz it's being released in the atmosphere. And when something is being released in the atmosphere, it's being created. It is being created. Amen. And so this is what God does. He is the creator. Amen. He creates everything. Everything that concerns us. He created us. Amen. We're wonderfully and beautifully made. You know, people spend so much money, not us, you know, not nobody in here. But a lot of people spend a lot of money trying to recreate who God made them. Nips and tucks. Amen. And you notice it never lasts. And they go too far. And then they look different like some something that they don't want. It's just sad. Amen. And they spend lots of money trying to redesign or trying to look different than what God made them. Amen. Something to think about. If only we could just explain to these people, look, God loves you just the way you are. Amen. You know, some things I understand need to happen. You know, some things are a fluke in life. You know, like somebody can be born with something or uh, I'm not, you know, coming against that. But when you are just normal and you find fault with your own self. Think about that. And then and then you want to go and pay a lot of money that you don't have to get something rearranged and changed. And then God is looking like, who are you? <laughs> the girl I knew had a dimple over here and, you know, whatever. But you know what I'm saying. You know, people just want to change who they are because they don't like themselves. But I'm telling you, God likes us just the way we are. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So he says, my covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Because he's going to do what he said. When he released that word, that rhema word, it's already being created in the atmosphere. So why would God call it back? Amen. Let's go to Romans 4. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, that comes from human reasoning. We reason too much. Amen. But how many of you know God has foreknowledge? Amen. He already knows the end of the story. He already knows the end of a life cycle. Although a lot of things do not end up the way he planned them for people because people like to be in charge. and They like to take over and they really ruin their lives trying to be the boss of, you know, of their lives. And so, but the way God, see, stick to the plan, the pur- trust the plan and the purpose of God, the purpose of God, trust the covenant. If you, you don't trust the plan, because I didn't always trust the plan and the purpose. I didn't know what it was, and I was too lazy to ask God. Sometimes we think it's going to be bad, or God's not going to tell us the right thing, or a lot of people say God may not uh, give me what I want. You know, especially in a husband. You know, he won't give me what I want, so I got to get out there and get it for myself. Wrong. God knows. He, he gives you the desire of your heart. Amen. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. And can you imagine how many people he see going marching up there, giving a, a making a vow, a fake vow, and it's not really what they want. You know what I'm saying? But you know the good thing about God? He can, he's a fixer. Mm. He's a fix, he fixes things. <laughs> he can make wrong stuff right. <laughs> hey man, he can, he can fix stuff. Stay with God. Never give up on him. Amen. So get rid of the human reasoning. Amen. But, um, Abraham had human reasoning too. But when that was exhausted, see, at some point, your human reasoning going to exhaust itself because we'll get sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of trying to figure it out. Sick and tired of trying to make it happen when God never asked us to do that. But when it, it stops, when human reasoning runs out, you can guess what? You can always go back and pick up God. And guess what? He's not mad. <laughs> He said, I knew she's going to do that. Look at him. Mama, just hold on. I knew that was going to happen, but I love her anyway. And that's how God is. Amen. Okay, Romans 4.19. 4.19, it says, and not being weak in faith. This is talking about Abraham. Not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. When Abraham took his clothes off and saw all of that, oh, you know. Sorry. You know, wrinkly skin. You know how you you age. He wasn't happy. He wasn't happy about it. But what he did, you know what he did? He trusted God anyway. Even when he was disappointed at how things, you know, how you start changing. Like some of us, you know, we start changing the older we get. But, But he didn't give up on what God had promised. He was still calling himself the father of many. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So in other words, 
the Bible says he did not consider his own body already dead. You see that right there? Amen. Since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He's quit considering that because it just wasn't getting him anywhere. Because every time he went to God and said, but we're another year older. But, you know, Sarah, you know, she's in that, she's not in that prime of life anymore. But, and every time he went back to God, God kept telling him to say, I'm going to make you the father of many. I'm going to make you a father of many. Amen. And so in 20, verse 20, it says, and he did not waver or stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. He stopped doing it. Because every time he went back to God, God had the same thing for him. So he, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And do you know that is the purpose? That's the purpose of me and you. That's the purpose of everything is so that God gets the glory. God wants to show his glory on all mankind. And so he does all of this stuff to bless us because he loves us. But the purpose is his glory. Amen. His glory is the purpose. Hallelujah. And so we need to trust the covenant, trust the purpose, trust the plans of God, because it will um, show God his glory. And this is what God wants us all to know and to understand. Verse 21 says, And being fully convinced or fully persuaded that what he had promised, talking about God, he was also able to perform. Hallelujah. And so he finally figured out, well, if God keeps telling me this through 20-something years, it's time for me to join in with him and start to say what he says. Because he must have something for me. Now, he got screwed up with his wife. You know, well, you know, the chambermaid, she's young, have one with her. And that didn't work because when Ishmael was born, God says, "Mm -mm, not the promise. He says, I have a baby for you and Sarah, (laughs) not Hagar. Amen. And finally, Hagar got thrown out. Amen. But he he kept taking them back to the promise. He kept taking them back to the covenant. Amen. And finally, their confidence was in that covenant. They didn't know how. They didn't know when. But they knew at some point that covenant would come to pass. They figured God must know what he's talking about. Amen. (laughs) And so that's what we need to do at some point. Quit fighting God. Just go along with him. Submit to him. And that's why the Bible says submit, you know. Uh, under the mighty hand of God, S- just submit to his. Quit trying to figure out how things are going to get done because God ain't going to tell you. He's just going to tell you what to do. Amen. But he's not going to tell you how, when, what, or why. Whatever those five questions. He's not going to tell you that. Amen. And so this is what we need to do. Submit to God's plan. Submit to his purpose. Amen. All right. Let's go to Hebrews 6. Hallelujah. 6 verse 13. And it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. 
In other words, God is saying, look, Abraham, I swear on myself because there's nobody greater than me. So I swear on my own words that I am going to do this for you. You need to trust me. Stop fighting me. Stop trying to figure out a plan B and go with plan A because I know what I'm doing. I'm the God of covenant. I'm the God that never changes. I'm the God that never fails you. I'm the God that never stops loving you into eternity. Trust me, Abraham. And so finally, Abraham did. He started to trust him. And then uh, there was Isaac. Amen. Hallelujah. So God, God had a plan and a purpose. Uh, let's go back to Hebrews 4. Flip over. Verse 3. And it says, For we who have believed do enter into the rest, as he has said. So it's like this. When, when you start to finally believe God and start to say what he said, repeat that promise, not be ashamed. See, what it is is we're afraid it's not going to happen and we've been out telling everybody and we're going to look stupid. Amen. A lot of people say, well, I'm protecting God because if God don't do what he said, you know, like, like we need, that's what I used to think. Like I, I have to protect God. I'm his armor bearer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he don't need that. Amen. Amen. But when we finally drop our flesh and our fleshly thinking, and what are people going to say if this don't happen? You know, and I don't want it anymore and all of these things. When we finally stop that, then we start to move on into the promises of God. Amen. Those are just hindrances. Those are hindrances that the devil plays on people so that they'll give up the promise. Amen. And we never enter into our rest. See, when you are in faith, when you believe, you enter into a rest. In other words, you stop striving with God. You stop saying, when God, when. You start, you believe what God has said. Although it sounds impossible, it looks impossible, but you say, God, this is on you. See, when we get a brain and we finally, that light bulb finally comes on, we realize this is God's word that's out there on the line. It is not mine. My personality or my reputation is not on the line. This is what God told me. The facts is in the Bible. I got it from here. And so it's up to him to make this come to pass. When that happens, when we get there, we enter into a rest. In other words, we pull back and we just become uh, content with what God has promised us. That contentment comes. And when we're content, we start seeing things happen. And they happen so fast, make your head swim. You know, you don't know what happened. You say, wow, it was one way one day. And another, then the next day, boom, you know, it's, it happens. And that's how it is. God is fighting our flesh. He's fighting us to try to make us believe what he says. And so it's always good. Now, I don't know if this is the proper way, but what I start doing is just repeating what God said. And I finally start believing it. So you will believe what come out of your own mouth eventually. Amen. And so I just start saying what God said. And that was, I didn't realize at the time that I was creating the promise out of my mouth. See, you create what you say in the atmosphere. And I was creating what God said. And then after a few years, I start seeing, you know, what I was saying. Amen. 
And so we have to stop trying to outsmart God because it won't work. Amen. We'll just have failure after failure after failure. But the good thing about God is he'll still pick you up and work with you even after many failures. Amen. And the thing is that we allow the devil to harpoon us, criticize us, and tag us as a failure. And we listen to that voice that says you're a failure, you're a failure. And so we quit. We backslide. We don't want to serve God anymore. And guess what? We blame God. (laughs) But it all started up here. Amen. In your belief system. Amen. And so God, he he knows that it's hard for us. We generally, in fact, Jesus told um, the people in the city, he says, unless you see, you won't believe. Because he knows this. Amen. But once he told that man, your son lives. That man believed him because he his his speaking or his speech comes with demonstration and power in some kind of way. This man understood Jesus's words and he took him at his word. Amen. And his son was at home, probably playing with little cars or whatever they had back then. And one of his uh, servants met him on the road and said, your son lives. And he said, at what hour did that fever break? The seventh hour. And he said, that's when the man of God told me that he would live. Amen. So God is never wrong. He's never wrong. You know, we have a problem giving up our, you know, our authority. See, because we are ordained and designed to self-govern ourselves. Sometimes that self-governing is hard to give up. But we're not supposed to govern against God. We're supposed to take his um, word and take all of his instructions and incorporate them in our self-government. But what do we do? We start working against God. Amen. Because we don't take the time to find out what it is that he wants for our lives. Amen. But this is a new season and God is filling our hearts with hope. Hope afresh. Amen. And we need to feast on the word. And ask God what his vision for your life is. Amen. God, what is your vision for my life? Amen. Because things are never how they they look in the natural. They are never that way. So ask God for his vision to see what God sees. I want to, God, I want to see what you see. You know, I want to see my plans the way you see my plans. You know, I, I want to see, I want to see this husband of mine that's, I'm still waiting. You have to just tell him, I'm waiting. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't mention time to God because he don't know, he, he doesn't operate through time. He doesn't because he is t- and he says in the word he says a thousand years is like one day and one day is like a thousand years with him so you won't get anywhere on that that uh time reasoning it don't work amen a lot of people have said well look how long it's been it don't work with god amen because he knows how long it's been but, you know, that doesn't push him. You can't push God around. Amen. <laughs> you're either with him or you are, you're not. You're against him, you know, but you can't 
use the time thing. You know, just say, God, you know, the Bible says to remind him of his promises. You know, there's a way to do that. God, I'm reminding you that you told me you would give me a husband when I was in my, when I was 28. Amen. And so I'm still waiting and I still want, sometimes you don't act like you want him. You push him away. I still want my husband. I'm still looking for him. Amen. I'm still looking for my wife. You have to let God know. Or like somebody told me not long ago, somebody that was a little younger than me, but they didn't know it. And uh, this lady, she told me, she says, well, I don't want to be by myself. I don't want to grow old by myself. I'm still um, waiting on my husband. I said, did you tell God that? Um, no. I said, you need to tell God. Yes, amen. amen. But at least she was saying it yes. <laughs> out of her mouth. And so I said, tell God. She said, I can tell him that. I said, you sure can. <laughs> Amen. I said, he, he, he'll hook you up. Amen. Hallelujah. Trust the plans and the purposes of God. Never let them, never think God don't know what you need or who you are. He designed you. He made you. He knows what you need. Amen. And God is restoring some things back to us. He's, this is why I believe he's divinely designing some things and redesigning. He's bringing things back to his people. And, and what he's doing is he's fixing them. When he's aligning things, he's fixing these things in our lives so that they'll make sense to us. Amen. So we won't any longer be confused and puzzled. God don't want us like that. He wants to give us his best and he has only his best for us. And that's the truth. And so, but he's aligning stuff. It's like this. The atmosphere has to be right for a miracle. The, how, how else can I put this? You, it, it has to be, certain things have to take place and be in position for a miracle to take place. And guess who's in charge of that? Us. And and sometimes we fail because we fail to go to God and understand what it is that we ought to be doing. Amen. And but for once, I can tell you the most important thing is don't line up with the with the world. We have to not line up with the world. We have to look at the world and say, you know what? I'm so over that. I used to do all that. I'm over it. Amen. You know, we don't. Amen. We don't want to look like the world. We don't want to smell like the world we don't want to act like the world hey we're done with the world amen and so and the bible says i I was just reading that the other night where it says um if you line up with the world you're the enemy of god you're not his friend if you line up with the world so really he's waiting on us we're waiting on him but he's waiting on us to get these worldly um how is it? These, these worldly um, needs and attributes, you know, and, and, you know, has anybody in here ever gotten sick of their flesh other than me? <laughs> Amen. You just get sick. We need to get sick of our flesh. Amen. And he's waiting on that. Amen. And when we get sick of our flesh, hallelujah, then he takes over and he, and see, this is why he's aligning some things in our lives with his word. He's lining up 
what surrounds us and some things that he sees that's going on in our lives, he's lining those things up with his word so that we can receive the promises. Amen. Some things he's kicking out. See, this is a new season. It's a new era. And it's not like it used to be where God is. In other words, he tired of waiting on us to do it. So he says, I'm going to take this person out of your life. I'm going to release them people. Amen. I'm going to shut the door on that relationship. Hallelujah. He's doing it for us because we won't do it. (laughs) So he says, I'm tired of waiting on you. So I'm going to do this. And so, in other words, God is separating people. He's separating the wheat, the Bible says wheat from the chaff. But in, you know, in natural reality, he's separating, getting rid of stuff that's holding you back and people that's holding you back. Because he loves you that much. He don't want you to be destroyed. Amen. And so what he's doing, and let him do this. Because the first thing we do is start fighting against it. Honey, everybody that has left your life was ordained to leave. And it's a blessing to you. Amen. And it's good when you see it like that. It's like, thank you, Lord. Amen. And so you have to allow God to do what he needs to do. Sometimes we just don't want to do it. You know, how many of you can identify with that? I don't want to hurt their feeling. I don't want to be honest. I don't want to, because I said, well, did you say that to them? Uh Uh-uh. Well, Amen. And so some things we just force God's hand on because he's tired of waiting on us. Amen. Now, if it's a marriage situation, God will just let God handle it. Don't jump to conclusions. Amen. Don't go and tell somebody, Pastor Shirley said, you know, get rid of this. I ain't saying that. Mm. I ain't telling nobody that. It's like the sisters, the good sisters in the church, they always tell you to leave your husband, but you notice they never leave theirs. Mm -mm. Ain't going to do that. In fact, they'll try to get yours when you don't want him no more. Amen. So be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. (laughs) But God is removing hindrances that have tried to stop us. See, these hindrances tried, and the main focus on these hindrances is to stop you from standing for what God has called you to stand for. Amen. Give up on God. That's what they, that's what the distractions are. But trust his plan. Trust the process. Trust God's plan. It will never fail you. Amen. Stand back and go and pray. And, and ask God, you know, you can ask God any question you want. But see, people don't see that. You know why people, most people, they don't have a relationship with him. If you have a relationship with God, you can ask him anything. You can drive your car and be joking with him and people roll up and think you crazy. But it's okay. I am. <laughs> crazy. And you talking to God and they looking at you like, Amen. You know, God, in the prophecy last two weeks ago, God said, if you praise me more, I'll do more for you. So I'm in the car praising this morning on the way to church. And then I kind of felt like somebody was looking. And I looked over and this lady was looking at me like. (laughs) 
And so, of course, my first inclination was to stop. But you know what I did? I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Don't stop my praise. (laughs) And I was going to let her. (laughs) See, we're so used to trying to fix stuff, especially when God is involved so we don't look stupid. Amen. I'm thinking to myself, I need God so much in my life. I don't care what you think about me. You don't even know me. You don't know me. (laughs) Hallelujah. You don't know me. I know that's right. The light changed and we were off. And I, I did apologize. I said, I told God, I said, you see how I was going to let that lady buffalo me? And I'm sure he said, yeah, I saw it. (laughs) Amen. But God is straightening out some things. I'm telling you, in your family, you're concerned. Whether if you're concerned about your kids or how your children live or whatever it is. I'm telling you, God is fixing this stuff. He is straightening out these things that bug us. These things that he's put before us for so many years, he's fixing this stuff. And so when God comes in, just open the door and let him come right on and say, God, come on in, do whatever you need to do. If you need to rearrange my furniture, do that too. You know, I know I need to change, fix my attitude. Do whatever you need to do, Lord, because this is the day and the hour for God. This is God's hour. I'll put it, it's his hour, it's his time. Amen. And it's a blessing for us, you know, this wrong attitudes and, you know, these, I'm telling you, these people, the teachers and they're they not cool. They are here teaching these kids wrong and especially even as far as, as preschool. And so God is doing something about these things. There's a lot of things need to be fixed. Amen. And God don't hate a certain group of people. God loves everybody. Amen. He really does. He loves everybody. Now, the people in the church have a lot of negative things to that they shouldn't say, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. But God, look, He's just madly in love with His people, His creation. Now, He don't like to sin. He's not down with sin. But the Bible says, "Hate the sin, love the sinner." You have to separate people's sin from who they are. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Jeremiah 29. Most of you already know what that one is. Jeremiah 29:11. Hallelujah. But I think we need to go over it because we need to know that we don't know what God is thinking and quit trying to figure out his mind. Amen. And when you stop trying to figure it out, he'll tell you what he's thinking. Amen. He will tell you what his because th- he really his plans and his purposes for us, it's no secret. He's not trying to keep a secret from us. We're just so far away from him, we don't know what that could be. But he he wants to share things with us. So Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. See, God says, I know what I think about you. Hallelujah. Thoughts of peace and not evil. I'm not speaking any evil towards you. I'm not thinking evil. I'm thinking peace. 
and not evil to give you a future and a hope amen i want you to have a good future i want you to have a good hope i want you to come out on top not on the bottom so god is saying i'm giving you this expected end the end that the end that you get is the end that you want so quit expecting bad expect good and good will come in fact good will come whatever you think because god is tired of dealing with you amen so he's gonna fix things in spite of you i'm glad amen (laughs) it's like this i was talking to somebody one time and this it was my nephew and he says oh he says I found out I was to hold up. And I'm like, boom. <laughs> but he found out. I found out I was to hold up. Yeah, you to hold up. And But that's a wonderful thing. And he wasn't angry. He was happy. He was happy. He says, I'm the hold up. I said, yeah, we usually are. Amen. So God wants you to have your expected end. And then verse 12 says something good. It says, and then when you call upon me and go and pray to me, I will listen to you. So what is this telling me and you? It's saying when you stop thinking that God is thinking evil about you, when you stop thinking that God don't want you to have something, when you stop thinking that God is against you, then he'll listen to your prayers. Amen. Because you can't have it both ways. Amen. Now we all fall into that category sometimes. We're not consistently. You know how sometimes you, you know God is with you, then other times sometimes we mess up and we say, uh-oh, God is mad, you know. So he's not talking about that. But there's people that has never thought that God was for them. For whatever reason. It could be something in your childhood. It could be a lot of things. And they just mad at God. You know. And so God is saying. You come to me. And you pray. And you stop thinking that I'm against you. And then you're going to see what I can do for you. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And is he mad? No. He ain't mad. Girl. God ain't mad. I almost said girl bye. <laughs> He ain't mad. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And then in verse 14, well, did we do 13? Yeah. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. See, that's what he's after. He's after your heart. That's all. He ain't after your money. He ain't after none of that. He's after your heart. He wants you to think about him and love him the way he loved you. It's all he wants. And then let's see, is it 13? You'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found by you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. Hallelujah. Your former state. Whether it was, uh, he's going to bring you back from your former state of prosperity he's that's where he wants to take you but he's also going to bring you back from your former state of discouragement um you know anger loneliness 
whatever it is god wants that's what he's after you wouldn't think that but that's what he's after he's after that thing on the inside of you that's so hardened because of so many years of disappointment do you know disappointments make you hard i'm telling you what i know disappointments make you hard on the inside but i'm telling you god is saying there is a way we can fix this in one day and that's if you start understanding how i feel about you and when you start to understand that i love you and my thoughts towards you are good they're not bad yeah i know you've been through a lot and i know you came through from rough beginnings but as long as you t- repent and tell me you sorry i'm down with you i don't remember that stuff cuz i throw it in the sea of forgetfulness and it's the bible says as far as the east is to the west and you will never bump into that bad stuff ever again when you start to trust god and god is saying i need you to do this because i need to bless you i need to make it easy on you i need to help you that's all god is after he's after our hearts amen and he's waiting for us to unleash or un unlock that that uh anger and that you know some people have um they protect their their garden their hearts for the wrong reason and god is saying i want you to just give all of that to me and let me help you because you need me you can't live without god sinners can't live without god ask them they'll tell you amen they can't live without god none of us can and we all want the same thing <laughs> amen sinners and and saved people alike we all are after happiness and some people money <laughs> but let me tell you something god will you know what he'll give you money that's not a problem for him money is not a problem for god amen he just don't want you to get it your way i mean illegal way you know honest days work for honest days pay if you don't make enough money which that happens he he don't want to see you working two jobs trust him to give you a raise and if you don't want to work where you work there's so many jobs now ask god put me somewhere else if you don't want me here put me somewhere else where i can be useful amen and make more money cuz he is not against money <laughs> you know what god is against when money has you when money controls you when you know he's he doesn't like it because see this is the thing about money when if it's controlling you you won't give if you're controlling it you will give so you know where you are it's easy when i have i give man some people have and they won't give and so you know you can always find out where you are amen so that's that's called money has you And so then it becomes uh what's what's the word for it? filthy not filthy lucre but what do they mammon exactly that's a mammon spirit and guess what that mammon spirit it competes with the power of god because the bible says you can't serve god and mammon too it ain't going to happen you're going to love one and hate the other god knows and so you'll start ditching god for money for mammon 
and it'll own you. You don't own it. It'll own you. And you, you'll just keep looking, trying to check your bank account. Trying to check your bank account. It's the same as yesterday. <laughs> keep checking it. Amen. And so God doesn't want that because, see, you put him back on the back burner for money. And that's why it says, the Bible says, well, Jesus said it. He said it's hard for a a rich man to get into heaven because they don't need God. Only time they need God is when they get to that hospital and they don't have the cure for what they have. Then they hollering, which is good. A lot of them get in like that. But I wouldn't depend on a a deathbed confession. It's, It's good to to serve God in spirit and in truth is what the Bible says. Amen. And always put God first. You know, we have to learn to how to do that, but it's possible. Put God first. All right, let's go to Ezekiel 37. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 37, we all know the story. I think I used it last time I was here. I don't know. A couple, uh, couple, three weeks ago, and we talked about uh, the bones. I thought that was Nola. I think that was Nola preached about the, the bones one time. I know somebody did. Pastor Bart. And, uh, and I thought about that. Oh, wait a minute. Let me find it. Hallelujah. And uh, Ezekiel 37, verse 3. And God is calling things back in its original state. We just read that. And he is calling back in Jeremiah uh, 29, 11, uh, or 13, it was saying, I'll call, I'm calling things back to its natural state or its uh, Earl of uh, form prosperity, whatever it says. So God is doing that even now because he wants to call dead things back because he's aligning things, putting them back together. And this is part of what he is doing. He's putting things back together that's broken, that's dead, that you've given up on. He's putting it back together and teaching us how to do it, too. So let's see, in verse 3, it says, And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And this was God, the Spirit of the Lord, talking to uh, Ezekiel. Can these bones live? And so he answered, Oh, Lord, you know. It's like, hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know about what the, (laughs) I don't know. They were in a valley of dry bones, like a grave where maybe there had been a war and an army of people had been killed for for years and years and years. And in verse 4 it says, Again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. See, when you speak things out, you're creating things. And that's proof right there. When you speak out of your mouth, you are creating. That's why I don't ever speak wrong. Because when you speak wrong, you're creating. So repent and and let God know, look, God, I'm calling them words back. I never meant for that to happen. I'm so sorry. I'll be more careful next time. But when you speak forth, especially the words of the Lord, you are creating something. So he says, 
prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Hallelujah. Verse six, and I will put sinew on you. That's that's flesh, skin. It says, and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord thy God. See, God wants to do these impossible things. He wants us to, he'll do anything to convince us because he wants us to have faith. But sometimes we just have to be convinced. Amen. Let's see now, where am I at? Verse seven. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And indeed, as I looked, the sinews and sinews and the flesh came uh, upon came upon them. And the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. So there was just a bunch of bones and skin, no life. Amen. Uh, let's see. Am I in verse 9? It says, Also he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. And say to the breath, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds. He wanted all the breath to go into him. He didn't care where it came from. Amen. Just come, wind. O breath, and breathe on these slain. That they may live. Now those were instructions. So this is something important that we can learn right here. If you don't follow instructions, you won't get the desired results. Amen. You have to follow God's instructions. Now it may be a a quicker way to do this, but the instructions were to speak to the, the bones and call them together and then speak life to the breath. You know, breath or life to the bones. Amen. So we must follow an instruction is so important. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet as exceedingly great and exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Hallelujah. They indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Amen. So you can read the rest at home. And so you know what happened. The, the bones became alive. They were human flesh. Now a lot of people say in modern times this was the church that was sleeping. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we need to speak life to the church because they're asleep. A lot of churches are asleep. They're dead. They, they, they're not welcoming. They don't know what their assignment is. And so speaking life will bring all that stuff back. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we'll, we pray uh, for the love to come back. Amen. All of that stuff is much needed. Amen. Hallelujah. So a great and and uh, 
exciting army came forth just from speaking dead people dead man walking (laughs) just from speaking and that just goes to show you when god give you instructions they don't fail you know how we say i did that it didn't work you didn't do it you didn't do it right like the lady that called her little dog the dog followed her to, to the bus stop every day oh go home go home he followed her gone home when she saw the bus she get out of here he took out went home you didn't say it right amen you got to say stuff right to god i mean whatever god's business is you take care of that firsthand you you say it right amen hallelujah so god is divinely aligning things just like he aligned this army he called out the dead and this army came to life your dead situation can come to life if it's been so many years i'm telling you god will rectify anything that's dead all you have to do is speak life over it father i speak life over my marriage i speak life over my my child i speak life over my money my bank account i speak life over my house you know it needs to be restored restore it to its original state you can do it and the money will come it just will come amen god will make something happen where you get a restoration he just does he this is how he works but you got you got to have faith in the plan faith in the process a lot of people just don't like the process and it is painful a lot of it's painful but you you got to go through the process you have to be patient amen and so this being a, a a new season a new era god is doing stuff quick i'm telling you he's exposing stuff quick he's doing things very quickly amen god will refresh your your covenant he'll even remind you like he reminded he reminded abraham hey wait a minute we in a covenant what about the covenant you know i'm not playing with you your wife gonna have a baby amen <laughs> and god will work all these things together for your good that's romans eight twenty eight. people like to quote that but this really is the time to use that scripture he'll work everything together for your good amen and see what what he's doing now a lot this is what the lord was showing me about that scripture when the scripture says god will work things together for your good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose he is talking about his will he calls things together for the purpose of his will amen not for the purpose of so you be happy but it's his the purpose is his will his plans his purposes because of the covenant that he is in with you he's calling things together because of that because of his great love for you he's doing that he's not just doing that just so you can say he called everything that you know he wants you to to truly get something out of this you know what i'm saying and it's because of his will his will is his word so it's because of his will that he called things together he causes things to work together he does it so that you don't waste time you waste you know you put a lot of time in this he don't want he's redeeming your time so i'm gonna make this work for her because she put so much work in there does that make sense you know 
So he is is a lot. It's all because of his will that he he works things together for you. Amen. Because he wants you to be happy. He just does. He wants us to be happy. He's a good God. Amen. And we need to learn. We and but you know what? The the longer we we uh, serve him, the more we start to understand and know how good he is. Amen. Hallelujah. We start to understand and appreciate him, and we see God. This is a good God we serve. You know, because we've all been through them years where it was so tough. You know, and it was uh, in the nineties when people were into this hyper. Um, no, but they were in this hyper, uh, revival and everybody was in this and then the hyper grace came. It's just, the church has been through a lot of changes and it doesn't leave you with a good taste in your mouth. Amen. But God, when you start dealing with God on a one-on-one basis, he starts to clean stuff up and he makes sense out of all this stuff. Amen. And he makes you happy that you are serving him. <laughs> Amen. He starts to make you understand you're not serving man. You are serving him. Amen. He takes man out of the equation. And it's so much easier. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go to, um, let's see. All things work together for the good. If you write that down, that's Roman 8.28. In case you want to read that when you get home. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 2 right now. 1 Corinthians 2. Hallelujah. We're almost done. I just want to let you girls know that praise and worship was awesome today. It really, really was. It really was. Hallelujah. Just didn't want to forget to let you know. First Corinthians 2 verse 9. Hallelujah. And it says, but it is written, I have not seen. So in other words, your eyes have not seen, nor your ears heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared for those who love him. So in other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. Your eyes have not seen yet. Your ears have not heard yet. Amen. Nor have you entered into the heart of man. Nothing has entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, the best is yet to come. Amen. The best is yet to come. God ain't done with you yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, verse 10 is important. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man, which is in him. In other words, if you keep judging by your eyesight, judging by your your carnal mind, you will never get on board. You will never get on board. But to know what God is doing, you have to know him by the spirit and judge others by the spirit. Judge them the way God judges them. Don't be quick to make a decision, amen, about what you see. Because what you see ain't what you get. Amen. 
It never is. Hallelujah. You know, and so God wants you to start to judge things by the spirit because what it looks like ain't what it is. You know, you can read something and it don't mean what it says if you don't read it in the right spirit. You can, your spirit and your attitude can get off on something. It means something totally different. We see that. We saw that on TV. But, you know, if you want to read something right, let the Holy Spirit read it for you first. Amen. Is that making sense? Hallelujah. And so God just wants us to use our spiritual mind and open our spiritual eyes amen because he's the god of foreknowledge he knows what's going we can trust him he knows he put this whole universe together and that's why i I laugh at these people talking about global warming how crazy are they it's just it's just should be crazy and and laughable to every christian out there because you can't destroy what god he ain't gonna let you destroy what he created amen it's just ridiculous. It's just getting too hot to the, yeah, climates are changing. That's, that's evident. But we already read about that in the Bible. See, somebody not reading a Bible. We already know it's going to be cold and, and, you know, in, in, in August. I mean, not August, but you know, in September. And the least, because it snowed in my, my yard. <laughs> I looked up, the leaves were still yellow. They hadn't even fallen off the trees, but it was snow on the ground. So these things will happen toward the end of time. There's nothing you can do about it. Global warming. I don't care how much money they take from, from the taxpayers falsely and say they're working against that. You can't work against that. They're just taking your money. I mean, you can't stop that. You can't stop what God has already started. Amen. He's got a process and he's got a plan for that. Amen. And it's called pray and he'll let you in on the plan. Amen. But that's why it's just so unbelievable. And, you know, it's just a waste of uh, just get with God. He'll tell you everything. Amen. Let's go to first John five. Almost finished. Don't be falling asleep either. First John five, <laughs> first John five fourteen, hallelujah. And so when we we ask according to God wills, guess what? He always says yes, always says yes because this is His will for you. So verse fourteen in First John five says, "Now this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us." Amen. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked him of him. You know that in other words, if you have the petition and that means you have the answer. I think that's what that means. Amen. So don't ever um, lose your confidence in God. Amen. Don't go to him. Go to him and talk to him. Amen. He hears us when you uh, when you are asking in his will. He hears you. We just we're reluctant to step forward 
and step in faith, step out, I should say, and, and do what you're asking him to do. Do you know a lot of things we ask God to do himself, we can do them? He's paving the way. He said, okay, go do that. Use your faith and go and do. And, and we just asking, I want a car. I want a car. Give me a car, God. You said I could have a car. And I'm not, and he's thinking, won't you go get one? <laughs> you know, just go get, just go pick out what you want. Amen. And so this is the way it is. James 4, it, are, did we go to James 4? Okay, James 4, 3. Hallelujah. And it says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. Now, this is for people who are asking and don't pray enough to find out what God's, uh, uh, what, what God's will is for them. What do God, what do you want me to be doing? So they're just asking because they want stuff. And the Bible says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss or wrong motive. Wrong motive. That's that's why a lot of people don't get what they want. You ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. <laughs> Amen. You're spending your money wrong. That's what God said. He said you ask amiss because of wrong motives. Amen. If your motive is to get everything that you want so you can show somebody something, it ain't coming. Whenever this is a thing I found, whenever you you want something to to show somebody something or a group of people show them you can do something, you're gonna you're gonna get in trouble because you'll wind up spending too much money, money you don't have because that note has to be met every month. Amen. And so what you'll do is wind up getting in trouble. That's why we always must be led by the Spirit. We have to be led by the Spirit. You can't let your flesh lead you anywhere because it's going to get you in trouble. That's what our flesh does. It gets us in trouble. And so you must let uh, uh, let the Lord lead you. Amen. So, you know, just remember the covenant. You're in covenant with God. That covenant allows you to have anything in this Bible. It's yours. For the taking, it's yours for the asking. All God wants you to do is trust Him for it. Amen. He He's God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The gold is His, diamonds are His. Everything belongs to Him. So there's no amount of people on earth that has more than Him. God has everything that we need. He just wants us to ask Him for it. You know, he wants it to come through him. I'll put it like that. He wants to provide it for you. He don't want you going out getting it any way you can. Now, don't get me wrong. He he likes uh, hardworking people. You know, if you're a hard worker, he likes that. You know, but he he still still you got to get the energy and the strength from him to do what you do. Lord, please help me get out of this bed tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So you still, you know, you're still under his authority, which is good. But he, you know, and then he says a lot about a lazy person. So, you know, he don't like lazy people, man. But God wants you to receive everything that you have his way. And guess what? You get more. 
Because he's the exceeding and abundant God. Amen. So Ephesians 3, uh, what is it? Ephesians 3.20. He wants us to have exceeding. It's like if you need $10,000 to get a house, I lay you two to one. If it comes from God, he's going to give you uh, 10500 or 11000 He don't just give you just enough. He get, he goes over and above. That's how he does his people. So it, you, you'll wind up having more. He's, he's the exceeding God. The Ephesians 3.20 God is exceedingly and abundantly. And this is what he does. He, do, he doesn't give you 9,000 when you ask him for 10. <laughs> Amen. But he will give you more than enough. He's the God of more than enough. Amen. That's who he is. Amen. El, El, what is it? What is his name? El Shaddai. He's more than enough. And this is what he does for all of his people. Why? Because he loves us. And he hates lack. He does not like lack. You know why? Because we've been redeemed from, that's a part of the curse. Lack is a part of the curse. Just like sickness and disease. You know, and discouragement, depression, all that stuff. That's, that's not, uh, it's from the, the, uh, thank you. That's from the, uh, uh, what it, you know what I said it once and I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. That. <laughs> My little team people back there laughing, but that's okay. You know? <laughs> but I'm telling you, he wants you to have more than enough. He's El Shaddai in your life and in mine. He just wants you to get trust him to get it to you. Amen. Trust him to get it to you. I don't care if you need credit. If you go and your credit is terrible, he'll he'll make somebody don't even see it. I won't go tell on Sheree, but Sheree told on herself. But this is how that this is the God we serve. Amen. He loves us so much that he'll he'll change people's minds. And, you know, you ever heard, had some people say, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to hire you. And I, I remember getting a job. I was not qualified for it. In fact, I had been home with my kids for so many years. And I went and I had I went to this uh, interview. And this guy said, well, I don't know why I'm doing this. I said, I do. I said, because it's my job. <laughs> I guess so. I guess it is. You guess it is. It's my job. And wherever I went, I always went in that authority. I never thought that I could not get what I want. You know what I'm saying? And it it never that just never happened to me. You know, I always. And then when I got ready to leave them, I said, bye. And I went somewhere else. I gave them notice and I left the right way. And I went to somewhere better. And, and it was the same thing because God has always went with me and opened doors for me. He'll open doors no man can open and shut doors no man can shut. That's just how he is. And so always, it, the smallest of things always depend on God. Amen. And if it's not been working for you, go to God and say, you know what, God, this haven't been working. Now maybe I've been doing something wrong. And he'll say, let's start over. And then he'll he'll give you the desires of his heart. God is not a changing God. 
He is, he is the same way yesterday, today, and forevermore. He will never quit on you. Amen. All right. We're going to stop, Father. We thank you. Amen. We thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We love you. We thank you and we bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. We just thank you, Father. We just want to worship you and love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if there's anybody that needs prayer before we leave, I can pray for you before we go. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is already working in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. You praise him enough, you get whatever you want.